Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Zaslo Show 2.0, presented from day one. By Anna Jar and Levine, accident attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine, accident attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one. Of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies, you don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in, they handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslo Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslo Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 11th of January. Good to have you aboard. Part of the Believe Podcast Network and presented by Anna Jar and Levine, accident attorneys, 800-747-3-800-747-3733. We got a lot to get to, a lot going on here, a lot of big news happening. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Nick Saban, peace, Bill Belichick. Peace. I mean, what a way to wake up this morning and find out Belichick is out of New England. Now, that's a weird one. I'll tell you why in a moment here. But we know with all this big NFL news, it also means the NFL playoffs are right around the corner. We got the NBA going on. 
We got the NHL going on. Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both the desktop and mobile versions. You can access the world's best wagering information system anytime. Head there today. Get into the action. See all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and you'll get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, the Heat lose last night. We, we're going to get some Dolphins. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football. He joins us every Thursday. We'll talk a lot of Dolphins with him. He used to cover the Dolphins. And you know what? Fantasy football is over in regards to the, the regular format. But daily fantasy football is still a huge deal. And so that's obviously still going on this weekend. And that's right up Jamie's alley. So if you're into the daily fantasy football, you're not going to want to miss Jamie today. <coughs> we'll talk Dolphins football with him also. First though, let's start with the Heat. So the Heat, and I, I just got a couple quick things on the Heat. That's a really tough game last night. That's a really good team. The Heat led by double figures in the, well, uh, like nine in the first half. They played really well. They were ahead at halftime yesterday by four. And then it was it was pretty much all thunder the second half. The Heat did take a three-point lead like late third quarter after the Thunder started the third on a 14-0 run. Uh, the Heat had some chances in the fourth. I mean, they, they the closest they got was cutting it to six with a little under a minute left and the ball. Tyler Hero shot a wild three. He passed up what I thought was an open look. Gave it to Highsmith, who gave it back to Hero, and shot like a, 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 a leaning three. Wasn't even close. That was your ball game. The thing that stood out to me the most last night about that game was on Oklahoma City side. Chet Holmgren is the real deal. You know, last year when he was drafted, there was he was not the number one overall pick. He went number three, right? There, you, you had teams that were scared because of his frame. And then... He ends up getting hurt in like a summer league game, misses all of last year. He he looked, he's like Kevin Durant out there, but much better defensively. He is a he is a big problem defensively. And look, Bam was still really good last night. Bam at 25 and 11, six assists, got to the free throw line a lot, shot over 500. But a, a two at least two of those misses by Bam were blocks from Holmgren. Holmgren had, had a total of three blocks last night. He's deterring a bunch of other shots. If I'm the Thunder, like, I wasn't even thinking about Shea Gillichez Alexander for most of that game, and he's their best player. Holmgren will be their best player. He is the real deal, and he's great on both sides of the floor. Right now, he's better than Wembenyama. Holmgren is... He, Holmgren right now, for me, looks like Rookie of the Year. Hawkes Jr. last night, he was very good too. He had 21 points. Uh, I, I think if you're looking for something positive from the Heat last night, it's Niko Jovic, who has started, what, three three or four games in a row now? He had 15 points last night. And here's the thing. he's He was a plus 13, best on the team last night if you're into that. He's, he's really good with the basketball. And so it just goes to show you there was some frustration with Jovic earlier in the season, right? And I was like, oh, why isn't Eric Spolstra playing Jovic? There's a plan. He sees him every day. And clearly right now, he A, believes that he's ready to contribute, and B, 
injuries have allowed him to fit himself into the starting lineup and into the rotation. And last night, he played in the fourth quarter when the previous games, he did not play in the fourth quarter. There is a plan, and he is clearly part of this team's future. So that was encouraging from a Heat perspective last night, is Niko Jovic looks like he's turning into a player. Now, what have I also told you guys going into this season? Now, I'm I'm a little bit annoyed with Jimmy Butler missing all the time, but here's how that's going to work out. Going into the year, what what did I tell you I think uh, 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 the major MO for this Heat team needs to be this year? It's finding a way to replace Struess and Vincent. And what I mean by that is those guys were starters in the finals last year. Those guys played major roles in the postseason. They need to get some, they need to get some of these young guys ready to be able to play big roles in the postseason. Now, that may mean taking a step backwards regular season record-wise, but it hasn't. The Heat are five games over 500. Go look what their record was this time last year. They're, they're a much better team this regular season than last regular season. So that's a major positive. And at the same time, they have been fight, they've been getting big minutes for guys like now Jovich, Highsmith, Hawkes Jr., even Duncan Robinson. They, they have guys who are going to be able to be those secondary scorers in the postseason. Guys who, you're going to say, man, how about that game three against so-and-so? Remember those big shots that Niko Jovic hit? You need to have games like that if you're going to make a deep run in the postseason. And also because Jimmy Butler has been out, it has opened up minutes for guys like Jovic. It's opened up spots in the starting lineup for guys like Hawkes Jr. And as a result, that's the positive that we're going to take from Butler missing all this time. Is these Haywood Highsmith at 19 points last night. Those guys are getting experience right now. That's going to be invaluable come playoff time. It's going to pay off for this team. So yeah, like, you know, it's annoying that you have all the injuries and they lose last night, but there there is a silver, and I'm annoyed too. Like, I, there is a silver lining to it. So, Heat lose last night, dropped to 21-16. and 16. Next up for the Heat is Friday. Friday they're against Orlando. Good magic team. All right, so the big news though. Yesterday after my show, after after Wednesday's Zaslow Show 2.0, Nick Saban announces that he's retiring. Okay, fuck him. Here's my thing with Nick Saban. And obviously I don't like him. And always root against Alabama. But, and, and this was kind of similar with LeBron when LeBron left the Heat, right? Where rooted super hard against Saban when he left the Dolphins. Not just because he, like, I wanted him to leave the Dolphins. Back then, I was producing shows for Boog Shambi, and Boog and I were seemingly the only ones who were being honest about our dislike for this guy, our distaste for him. I'll never forget. I mean, back then, worst play-by-play man in the business, Jimmy Cephalo, and this was back when the Dolphins were on 790 the ticket, and, and, and Cephalo, oh my God, what a, what a phony that Cephalo is where he was talk, saying the nicest things about Saban when he left. Talk about he's going to write Nick Saban a note about how much he appreciated him, you know, these two years of the Dolphins. That was just like, this Cephalo fucking sucks. And so Saban treated everyone. Now, Joe Rose, on the other hand, 
was very honest when, when Saban left and told plenty of stories, examples about the way Saban treated people around the Dolphins facility. And I also, it was something I, I really, it, it really, it made me really upset with Hyzenga in his last years as owner of the Dolphins that he allowed Saban to run roughshod over the building the way that he did. He was a real asshole when he was here. And I wanted him out. I was thrilled when he left. Now, the way he left was, I mean, he was a liar and it was it was not cool. So I'm rooting super hard against Saban after he left. And I remember that first year when he was at Alabama, I think he went six and five. It was like, yeah, he sucks. Yeah, he's not going to win shit. Oh my God. And then he goes on and wins six national championships, just dominant every single year. And I remember after that, like maybe the first couple, I don't think it was after the first one, but after the first couple national championships. And that's why I say it's similar to LeBron or how I felt about LeBron when he left. It was like, I don't have the energy to be rooting super hard against this guy anymore. I'm the big loser here. Like, I lost. We lo- If we're rooting against Saban in Alabama, we lost. There's nothing we could do about it. He's awesome. They're awesome. They're going to keep winning. So, he goes on and wins six national championships at Alabama. I, I really think it's without question the greatest coach in college football history. I do. I do. And, and he goes out on top. Now, on top. They didn't win, but... They were in the playoffs, and they lost a really close game to the eventual national champion. Like, Saban leaves, not obviously not disgraced, and the difference with Belichick, where I'm calling Belichick the most overrated coach of all time. Saban leaves, greatest college coach ever, and essentially still leaves on top. So with Belichick this morning, I wake up, what a treat. I wake up this morning. We'll talk to Jamie Eisenberg about this. Belichick's out. Now, there's conflicting feelings here if you're a Dolphin fan, right? For one, the overriding feeling, I think, is nice. That whole era now is officially over. Patriots are done. It's over. It's never going to be like that again. Now, when I say that Belichick is the most overrated coach of all time, he is the most overrated coach of all time. One huge with the greatest quarterback of all time, next to Marino, and didn't win shit. Matter of fact, was terrible when he didn't have the greatest quarterback of all time, next to Marino. Now, when I say Belichick is the most overrated coach of all time, no one is saying he's not a great coach. He clearly is a great coach. But he's also the most overrated coach, as if Belichick is all the way up here, and then everyone else is way down here. Bullshit. Bullshit. Most overrated coach of all time. Great coach. One of the best ever. But this idea that he's head and shoulders better than everyone else, bullshit. Most overrated coach of all time. And you're you're conflicted if you're a Dolphin fan, because... You like it that it's over for the Patriots. You like that he's done. But you don't like it that if he goes somewhere else now, which he will, he's going to wind up passing Shula. He's 16 back. If he stayed in New England, probably doesn't. That team's awful. He's not going anywhere with the Patriots. But if he signs on, let's say, with a team like the Chargers and a great quarterback in Justin Herbert, in two years, he passes Shula. He's the all-time record holder. 
So that part kind of sucks. But, yeah. Uh, an unprecedented last 24 hours. Saban and Belichick out. Most overrated coach of all time. Yes. Definitely wants to break Shula's record. That's why he's going to keep going. The Panthers. Not the Carolina Panthers. Who cares about them? The Florida Panthers. They are back in action tonight. First, though, I got to tell you, I'm I'm in a great mood. Even though the Heat lost last night, we got the Panthers tonight. I don't know. I'm just feeling good today. Maybe part of it is I sleep so well. Why do I sleep so well? Because I sleep on sheets and giggles. The softest, coolest, most breathable sheets around. That's right. If you're not getting the best sleep of your life, I'm sure it's because you don't have sheets and giggles. Go to sheetsgiggles.com, one of our great sponsors. You're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans that are sleeping on sheets and giggles and never turning back. I mean, what a nice treat for your spouse, your partner, your friends. I don't know what you got going on at home, but what I do know is if you bring home sheets and giggles, everyone in your household is going to get the best sleep of your life. Made from eucalyptus trees, the wood from eucalyptus trees, You're getting the softest and coolest and most breathable sheets around. And if you use promo code ZASLO, 20% off your first order at checkout. Sheetsgiggles.com, promo code ZASLO. 20% off your first order when you check out Sheetsgiggles.com. So as far as the Dolphins go, we're going to get to, you know, Dolphin stuff with Jamie coming up in a few moments here. But, I mean, you're, you're starting to see stuff... Mine, I was on a radio station in Kansas City this morning, 610 Sports in Kansas City, and the, the wind shows, it looks like it's going to be minus 20. The NFL already said they are not, it's going to be dangerously cold. NFL said there, that NFL train stops for nothing. And the game's on Peacock, which by the way, I really am at the point, by the way, stop bitching about it. It's $6. It's $6. I, I don't, I don't want to count other people's money. Some of us are less fortunate than others. It's $6. But I I don't understand the people who go to the game in this weather. And you know what? A lot of people are not. There may not... Well, I was going to say there may not be as big a home field advantage. The home field advantage, I guess, is the weather. But nobody plays well in minus 20. And when I say the home field advantage is going to be a little bit different, that place, it's it's not going to be full. Cheapest ticket of the weekend. 80 bucks right now to get to the game. If you're a Dolphin fan who has wanted to go to a playoff game, a road playoff game, this is the game to do it. This is the game to take advantage. It is affordable. $80 just to get in the building. Now, it's going to be unbearable weather. But if you're thinking about it, this is the game to go to. $80 if you're considering it. And you're in. And you're going. You know where else you're in? If you're thinking about getting a new car, I send you to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is celebrating the new year with incredible offers on all new Subarus in stock, as well as every pre-owned vehicle on their lot. That's why North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is the only car dealership I personally endorse here on Zaslow Show 2.0, official car dealership of the program. Right now at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you can make zero down payment, make zero payments for three months, make zero security deposit, or you can lease the 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Premium for just $219 a month for 36 months with $54.95 due at signing with approved credit. Go to nflsubaru.com. You can get all the details. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they promise to provide you guys an exceptional experience 
at their brand new state-of-the-art facility on North Andrews Avenue. It's that beautiful building. You can see it from I-95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. You're going to be treated like royalty with a relaxed indoor car shopping experience. If you need to have your current vehicle serviced, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru services all makes and models. NFLSubaru.com, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. All right, so all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's how you want to enjoy this super wild card weekend. Go to Sedano's or Winn-Dixie, Presidente, Fresco y Mas. Always drink responsibly. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Our pal, of course, is CBS Sports fantasy football expert, Jamie Eisenberg, joining us here. He joins us every Thursday, except when I'm away skiing because the Zaslow family were a big skiing family last week. And, look, we'll, 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 still, we'll still get your advice on Super Wildcard Weekend because, now, I'm not a big daily fantasy football player, but daily fantasy football is still in full swing, especially where we have six games this weekend, right? Yeah, it's going to be fun. First off, uh, good to talk to you. I'm glad the uh, the trip went well um, and that you're back without any skiing accidents. It's always good. Um, yes, daily fantasy. There's also playoff challenge leagues, you know, so there's ways to still enjoy your fantasy fix or get your fantasy fix uh, throughout the postseason, you know, so there, there are definitely places to do that. But yeah, for, for daily on FanDuel and DraftKings, you know, this is the fun of of daily. You get to set any lineup you want with any players that you want within the salary cap constraints. So how you fit your lineups. And so, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of ways to go about it. There's some great matchups. Uh, love the setup for Joe Flacco, for example, against the the Texans. You have uh, the the rivalry game between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. Both those quarterbacks have the chance to play well. So we can get into some of those matchups. But, yeah, it's a fun way to uh, still enjoy your setting your fantasy lineup, checking scores, and you know, hopefully making some money as well. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to the games in a moment here, but I'll, I want to get your thoughts on a few of the big stories. First, though, we'll start We'll start with the Dolphins from this past weekend. Super disappointing game. What's your view on Tua right now? He's obviously struggling a little bit, especially in some of these big moments. You, know, you have to look at the quarterback and say, why is he not getting the job done? And you can certainly point to Tyreek being banged up over the last month, Jalen Waddle being banged up over the last month, the offensive line letting him down. And let's be fair, the run game has been fantastic for Miami all season long. So that's taken away some of the production for Tua. And I don't think he necessarily gets credit for how good the run game has been and what he's been able to accomplish in helping the run game by the threat of the passing game. So um, you would like to see him come through in a big moment. The Dallas game was certainly a start. You thought, okay, maybe they can beat Buffalo. The Tennessee game, I think everybody's going to look at and say what a huge letdown that was because that you know really essentially cost them the home field opportunity and to be the two seed, how that loss, you know, impacted them, their team overall, but they're so beat up defensively. There's a lot placed on to a lot placed on the offense. Uh, he's got to show though, if he's going to be a top tier elite level quarterback, and he definitely has the potential to get there. We've seen it, uh, but he's got to do it in some of the bigger spots. And so going into Kansas city, going into that environment where it's going to be unbelievably cold and just a miserable situation, can he come out with a win? And if he does, the perception of Tua will definitely change. Whatever happens after that game, we'll see. But if you can get a win in Kansas City against a team that they already lost to in Germany, uh, would go a long way to uh, helping Tua's resume and probably reputation. Like, they're going to pay him this offseason, right? Because go, yeah. going into this year, the whole question was, well, there are two questions. Number, The first question would have been, do we believe this player is good enough to be a franchise quarterback? And statistically, I think he has shown that. 
But maybe even the more important question was, can he stay healthy? He played every single snap unless the game was a blowout and the coach pulled him. Played every single snap, made every start. So he passed that test with flying colors. They have to pay him, right? 100%. You know, I mean, you look around the league and you see some of the quarterback situations that teams are dealing with. And, you know, you can point to and say, okay, the Texans got it right with their rookie quarterback, but the Panthers failed. You know, so, you know, going into the draft, is that the way you want to, you know, sort of put your franchise in? And we know to get to one of those top tier quarterbacks, you either got to mortgage everything and trade away a lot of picks to move up like the Chiefs did once upon a time or the, the Texans did to get Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, respectively. Um, or you got a, you know, hidden free agency. And we know the free agent quarterbacks just usually are not there. And so at this point, you sort of make your bed with Tua and hope, okay, can he take that next step? And that I think falls on Mike McDaniel. It falls on, I think, getting, you know, some more help up front from an offensive line perspective, because we know that unit's been really banged up throughout the course of the season, but it's also on Tua, you know? And so uh, does he deserve the mega deal, you know, like the Patrick Mahomes type of deal, or is it more along the lines of a Jordan Love type of deal, you know, and, and make it a little bit more team friendly where he has the opportunity to still get another big contract after that. I think that's probably the route that the Dolphins would love to go. Uh, but two, I'm sure, is going to command a high price tag. So you hope they meet in the middle. You hope it's not a long, drawn-out process like what happened with the Ravens over a two-year you know, situation. Uh, but he definitely has the ability to be a franchise quarterback. Like you said, he's proven it. He passed the big test this year of staying healthy. So the injury concerns should hopefully be a minor concern at this point, if at all. And again, just you know, take that next step. And we're going to find out. Look. Tyreek Hill doesn't have much longer in the league. He's already turning 30, you know, so he's talked about, you know, whether he sticks to his timeline or not, you know, playing only a couple more seasons. He said that prior to this year, uh, Jalen Waddle, I'm sure is in for the long haul, you know, the, they won't let him go. So does he have the ability to be that type of elite level quarterback without one of the best playmakers that we've seen in NFL history? That's the next step for Tua. But again, got to win some of these games. So however the season ends, that's the priority next year is taking the next step and becoming a team that can compete for not only just getting to the playoffs, not only just trying to win a division, but to actually win a division and potentially be one of the legit Super Bowl contenders. Is the season a success if they win this weekend? Is it a failure if they don't? Uh, probably yes to both. Um, you know, I, I think if they can win in Kansas city, you know, have the opportunity to go into Baltimore after that, I think that's the, the next game. If they win, um, then, then yes, you know, you, you've, you've gone into the defending Super Bowl champions house and beat them, knocked off Patrick Mahomes, you know, in, in a, a weather environment that too has not had a lot of success in that they've played a lot of those games, but not had a lot of success. in. and so then you think you look at it and say, okay, we didn't win a division. Uh, you know, it was a little bit of a failure toward the end of the season, how, you know, the, the majority of the year had played out that we were in the driver's seat ahead of, of Buffalo from Miami's perspective. But to go into Kansas City and win at least one playoff game, I think you say, okay, we took a step, uh, not the steps that we wanted to take. But yes, I think you look at it as probably more of a success than a failure. Lose this game, yeah, you know, to be one and done in the playoffs two years in a row, um, not exactly the best, you know, look for what you're hoping to get out of not only just Mike McDaniel, but two and the whole team. The cheapest ticket in the league this weekend to get to one of these games is Kansas City. It's $80 right now on the secondary market. We all know why that's the case. The weather is going to be possibly unbearable. Yep. I've never been to a cold weather football game. Never, ever. I've only been to one Dolphins game on the road. It was Jacksonville, so it was not cold. Have you ever been to a cold weather game? Um, I've never. I, it's been a long time since I've gone anywhere to, uh, to, to a football game, let alone – as a fan, you know, usually when I go, I'm going as a member of the media. Uh, but I will say the coldest I've ever been in an NFL uh, stadium, and it was about 30 seconds, uh, was when I covered the Patriots-Eagles uh, Super Bowl in Minnesota. 
And the walk from the security tent oh. to the stadium was it was a wind tunnel because it was one of those things where the door opens and immediately there's, you know, air seals closed, oh. closed. And uh, you had to take off everything to go through security. So, you know, you're coming out of that and there's a million people behind you. So you're trying to just, you know, put on your jacket as you're walking. And the wind just hit me, went right through me. My bones were cold immediately. Just absolute misery. I, I couldn't imagine, you know, uh, dealing with that on a daily basis. Like kudos to those, you know, just people standing there for th- for four hours. Yeah. Just bearing it. It's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like uh, we had this conversation last week. You know, if somebody gave you a free ticket to Jets Patriots, you know, in Foxborough, would you go? And no, no. no chance. No. <laughs> no, no chance. No, no. And like, I think Dolphin fans, if you're if you've ever considered going on the road for a playoff game, this really is the weekend to do it because it's the most affordable it's yep. ever going to be. But you got to ask yourself, like, can you can you bear it? And I, I would not be able to bear it. Give me some uh, Saban. Belichick, that's what the last 24 hours have been for us. Who had the better coaching career? Oh, it's a great question. I'm going to say Belichick, you know, just because of what he accomplished at the highest level. Um, you know, Saban was obviously amazing. It, you know, you could say that these are two coaches on the Mount Rushmore of football coaches, you know, whatever level you want to put it at. Uh, they were they were clearly amazing. Um, it's really, I think, the, 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 the tougher question is who's the harder one to succeed, you know, because of what you're stepping into, you know, knowing the, the competitive scenarios of both of them. But I think what Belichick well, I think accomplished. Saban, you know, I think Saban's harder to succeed. A hundred percent, you know, just yeah. because the expectations are so high. You know, you lose two games to Alabama, you're, you're, yeah. you're probably getting, you know, real estate signs on your lawn. You know, you make the playoffs for, for the Patriots. It's a, it's a successful season at this point, just what they've been used to. But for Belichick to stay at an NFL franchise for 24 years, to, you know, be on the doorstep of breaking one of the, you know, I think what a lot of people thought an unbreakable record of, of Don Shula. Uh, really sucks, you know, for Patriots fans that he's not going to do it if he does get the chance to do it as a member of the Patriots organization. But um, look, two guys that have had, you know, just the ultimate success at their respective uh, professions. I saw somebody joke that the reason Saban stepped down was because he knew Belichick was stepping down and he's going to be his defense coordinator at his next stop to, you know, <laughs> recreate what they did in Cleveland, um, which would be a fun story if it ever happened. But uh, look, they're, they're, they're amazing. And let's not discount Pete Carroll. You know, he, uh, you know, was a yard away from doing something that so few coaches in, in NFL history yeah. have done is win two Super Bowls. And for him to have, you know, won a Super Bowl, won a national championship, if he had gotten that second one, you know, he's in the conversation to be one of the greatest coaches of all time. What's, if he's that, not already. What's that list like? I mean, Jimmy Johnson did it. Um, uh, Tom Coughlin has mm-hmm. done it. Uh, Parcells did it with the Giants, did not do it with the Patriots. So no, 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 I'm talking about what's the list like national championship and Super Bowl. Oh, national championship and Super Bowl. So Jimmy um, did it. Jimmy did it. Um, you know, obviously Pete Carroll. Like, who else is that list? That might did, be it. did Switzer win at 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 uh, in college? He had he had to have won in Oklahoma. Yeah, that could be the list. Is that the list? That might be it. Yeah. Wow, that's very impressive. Were you still covering the Dolphins when Saban was here? Uh, yes. Um, it was when I started at CBS, but I would go down quite a bit. You know, I, when I first started at CBS, I was going to Dolphins uh, practice quite regularly. Did you have any fun experiences with him? Uh, no, I wasn't around enough to get a lot of the, the tongue lashing from, uh, you know, that he gave some of the other media members. But I certainly saw the uh, the difference, you know, because when I was covering the team, it was the Wanstead era. And you know how, how relaxed that was. You know, yeah. he was, you know, Dave was great with the media. Um, and then, you know, Nick to come in and, and sort of, you know, be a, a much different you know, perspective on things. So um, it was definitely like, you got to, you know, be careful with some of the questions you ask because you didn't want to get, you know, eviscerated, you know, publicly. So um, not, not, nothing bad from Saban there, no.
I mean, I remember because back then I used to go to, you know, cover the Dolphins locker room, press conferences, that kind of deal when Saban was the coach. And I remember being in the press room and it was a small press room at the time. And I remember being in the press room for one of those shouting matches he had, or you know, and, and it was it was with Jill Martin, formerly of NBC6. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I mean, he was giving her a tongue lashing in the middle of one of these press conferences like. I was scared being in the room. It was <laughs> right. so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he, I, I mean, I thought it was super inappropriate. He was crushing her. It was not very nice. Um, yeah. Anyway, where do you think Belichick winds up? You know, I, I think we could see a, a situation if he still wants, you know, control of player personnel. There's two logical landing spots, which would be Carolina and uh, the Chargers. I don't know if he'd want to work for Tepper, you know, after having the relationship with Robert Kraft that he's had for so long, you know, that just seems like a volatile situation that he would like to avoid. But again, the money would certainly be there. Um, the Chargers, you know, you know, if if I'm Belichick at this point, I'm chasing Shula's record. I don't want to go through what I've been through the last couple of seasons after Brady retired. Like to walk into Justin Herbert would be just fantastic. And knowing that there's good enough defensive uh, players in place that I can put my stamp on that and that defense turns around quickly, add a piece or two on the offense have a good offensive coordinator. You know, I think a lot of people expect Josh McDaniels to go with him if he goes somewhere just because that relationship has worked out well for them. Uh, but yeah, if I have, if, if I'm Belichick, like I don't want to see him, for example, as a fantasy guy, I don't want to see him in Atlanta where he could, you know, ruin those three guys that are just waiting for a better coach and better uh, quarterback, you know, in, in Drake London, Kyle Pitts and, and B. John Robinson. So to me, the, the Chargers make a lot of sense if he wants to go on the West Coast. Uh, and, and let's be real, you know, he could always say, I'm going to sit out for a year and then see, if another job opens up that he really wants, because he has that luxury. He's not like a player, you know, take a year off, you're done. If he wants to take a year, just relax and, and maybe do TV for you. He can certainly get back into it, even at his age. Why did Tennessee fire Vrabel? I think they just wanted to change. You know, uh, the, the, the stupid part of it is if there was realistic trade potential for him, um, you know, and not exploring that makes, you know, absolutely no sense. But at some point, you know, teams just sort of look at it and say, maybe we just need to hit the reset button. And, and Vrabel also could have said, you know, he's, tied to the Patriots organization, probably knew that this was the potential to happen and and he might want that job. Uh, He also could have said, you know, I want to be out. You know, we never know how these things may go when guys have been, you know, tenured for a certain extent. I don't know if he has that type of luxury, but the things that you hear around the league is that Vrabel's a tough guy to deal with from a personnel standpoint. And so they've already moved on from one general manager and Rand Carthon, the general manager who's there now, may not have just got along with him and said, look, it's either him or me. And and, and the ownership might have said, okay, it's time to make a change. So um, that's a team that's definitely ready to uh, rebuild. And, you know, I think they thought that they can get by this season with maybe Tannehill coming back and one more year of Derrick Henry. And now Henry's gone. They got their young quarterback in place in Will Levis and, you know, try and see if they can get back into it quickly and, and you know, have a quick turnaround like the Texans did. All right, let's get to the games here, Jamie. We'll start out with the Dolphins and Chiefs. Uh, Daily Fantasy, who do we like here? And then uh, what do the Dolphins need to do to win this game? I think they need to run the ball, um, you know, especially if uh, Waddle does not play and, and Tyreek is banged up. And, you know, knowing that the success of the Chiefs, you know, defense really for the most part has been their secondary. You know, Legereus need very underrated cornerback. He's locked on a lot of great number one guys and held Tyreek in check in that game in Germany. You're never going to shut down Tyreek Hill, but, you know, held him in check. But I think if the Dolphins can run the ball and clearly their run game has been successful, especially if Mostert does play. But even with Devon Achan, you know, you control time of possession, you know, you keep the Chiefs off the field. Uh, and that's been sort of the weakness of their defense, and you're taking pressure off of Tua. So typically what you see in snow games is offenses have the advantage because defensive guys have to chase them around, and they're slipping just as much, but the offensive guy is at least dictating where he can go. So the the Dolphins can certainly steal this game, but you know, knowing how they played on the road, knowing how they played against tougher opponents and winning teams, you kind of give Kansas City the edge, and, and unfortunately I think that's how it's going to work out. But 
Uh, daily, this is not a game I think you want to play the the passing games. You know, maybe Travis Kelsey flips the switch and starts to look better in the postseason. You know, the one thing would be is that the Dolphins are so beat up defensively, which is a big part of this, is that, you know, they're bringing in pass rushers off the street. I think they gave you a call while you're on your ski trip and you just didn't answer. Um, you know, but they're they're just so beat up defensively with, uh, you know, getting to the quarterback and, you know, Xavier Howard probably looking like he's not going to play. So if this was a better weather condition game, uh, Rashi Rice would be one of my favorite plays. But I would just try to avoid a lot of the pass catchers in this game. Cleveland and Houston gets everything going on Saturday. What do you like? Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how C.J. Stroud does against the defense that's been one of the best in the NFL. Um, I think it'll be a little bit of a struggle for him. He has been better at home. Uh, Nico Collins has been an absolute stud all season long. But again, you're talking about a really good defense. So don't love a lot of the Texans. The one guy that I would be interested in is Dalton Schultz if Grant Delpit does not play. They've opened the, uh, the window for him to come off of IR. But tight ends have really feasted on the Browns the last few weeks without Delpit there. So if he's back, Schultz, I think, has a tough game. Uh, I like a lot of the Browns. David Njoku has been a stud with uh, with Joe Flacco under center. Flacco has been fantastic. Um, you know, fantasy points per game from a redraft perspective. He actually finished top three uh, for just the five games that he played for the season. So he was a star, and I think we'll have a big game against the, the weakness right now of the Texans is their secondary. And then Amari Cooper has been a star with uh, with uh, with Flacco on the field. So love the setup for Flacco, for Cooper, and for uh, Najoko. I've already built one DFS lineup, and that's the stack that I have is, is Flacco and Amari Cooper. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sunday, everything gets going with Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Ah... I think we're going to see an energized Buffalo team, like a second life out of them almost. You know, I, I, I don't I don't think Pittsburgh keeps this game close. What are you liking it? Yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was talking to a few Dolphins fans. I'm like, you guys got to be rooting for a tie right now, you know, because that would have been the best case yep. scenario. You would end up playing Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh, I think, you know, lucky to get in the playoffs. But 
losing TJ Watt is huge. You know, not having him there for this game. Um, Mason Rudolph, I think, is, you know, play a little bit over his head. And the Bills, like you said, you know, I think they they have the easiest path to the Super Bowl that I would see in the AFC because you get the Chiefs on the road. Mahomes hasn't played a road playoff game yet. And Lamar Jackson still has to prove himself. So if they win in their second round game, then to get to the AFC championship game, even though they'll be at home, I think Buffalo could steal that game also. So, um, yeah, I think this is a, a big win for Buffalo. I uh, love the setup for for Josh Allen. Uh, maybe Stephon Diggs can get things going a little bit, but he's tough to trust, but he's a good contrarian play. Um, James Cook, I think, is a good contrarian play as well. He's been struggling a little bit the last few weeks. And then for the Steelers, if you're just looking at it from you know where, where some guys can make some plays, Jalen Warren has four catches, uh, at least four catches in five straight games. So chasing points, most likely, uh, from a PPR standpoint. So DraftKings is full PPR, Vandals half PPR. Um, Jalen Warren should be a good, you know, cheap option at running back if you want to go that route. Packers and Cowboys. I, I think this is going to be a close game. What do you like? I think so also, but the 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 Cowboys at home have just been so fantastic. And so um, Jordan Love has been really good in some tough spots, but this could be one where I think maybe it's okay. Okay, he's played great to this point, and then next year this is the next step, similar to Tua. You know, got to win one of these type of games. So I think Dallas wins, but love the setup for the Cowboys. Uh, Dak's been awesome, you know, for the majority of the year. And certainly in his building, C.D. Lamb is unstoppable right now. Uh, Jake Ferguson's a good play. I don't know if you want to play Tony Pollard. The, the Packers run defense has been bad, but he's been bad as well. And then for Green Bay, look, Jaden Reed is, uh, you know, uh, you, you, I say this a lot on our shows. Um, he's baby Debo Samuel. You know, they use him as a, as a rusher. Um, he's caught the ball, you know, to a high level. Uh, we'll see if Christian Watson plays. So there are some good cheaper options for the Packers. And Aaron Jones has been very good for the last three weeks, especially with A.J. Dillon out, but it's, it's tough to run on the Cowboys. So a lot of the DFS plays from a safe standpoint would be on the Dallas side. Some contrarian plays would be on the, on the Packers side. Rams and Lions, a lot of juice to this game because of Stafford and Goff. What do you like? And do you think there's pressure on Goff here? There's pressure on both these guys. You know, I mean, you know, clearly Stafford's got his Super Bowl, um, but, you know, he's got to, you know, prove that he can still do it. And, and they, they're actually, it's, I, I was surprised when I saw this. They're seven and one in their last eight games. And the one loss was the walk-off punt return uh, against the Ravens in Baltimore. So they've been great. Um, the Lions, though, their run defense is tough. So if they can stop Kyron Williams and make Matthew Stafford have to throw, he certainly can. And the secondary has been bad for Detroit. But I just feel like this is the, the this is the game that the Lions win, and then they probably lose next week in Dallas uh, in the rematch of the two-point controversy. Uh, but I like the setup for both these teams from an offensive standpoint. The secondaries have been bad. Run defenses have been good. Uh, Detroit's missing a big piece. Uh, Sam Laporta not playing, I think, is going to be huge. So can they get a little bit more creative? And this is where Ben Johnson, you know, proves that he's going to be this next hot head coach. Uh, get creative with Jam Jamar uh, Jameer Gibbs in the passing game. Get Goff, you know, with some some bootlegs and, and get him out of the pocket a little bit and get him with some plays down the field. So I like the setup for Lions a little bit better. Uh, but yes, both these teams can easily win. The, this game can go either way. And I like the setup for a lot of these offenses. So finally here, Jamie, Monday night, Super Wild Card weekend ends with the Eagles at the Buccaneers. I think this is the toughest game to measure of the weekend. I think Tampa Bay wins it. Um, you know, Eagles have just not played well. They're really limping into the playoffs. Um, defensively, they've been awful. And I know the, the Bucs haven't put up a lot of points lately, you know, beating the the Panthers 9-0 uh, wasn't exactly anything to write home about, but Baker's playing well. As long as he's healthy, I think he'll have an opportunity to make plays with uh, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You could run on the Eagles, so I like the setup for Rashad White. Would not be surprised if Philadelphia wins. It's clearly the favored, uh, but they just look awful at this point. You know, Jalen Hurts, I think, is playing through a bad knee injury that is not necessarily getting talked up enough. The offensive line has struggled by comparison. They have no run game right now to speak of, at least anything of a success. And you got both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith banged up. So if their offense shows up and their defense makes some plays, they can certainly win this game. But, you know, Tampa's defense has played much better of late, and I think Baker Mayfield has a better game than Jalen Hurts.
Awesome job, Jamie. Tell everybody how they can hear you leading up to all the super wild card games this weekend. Yeah, right now we're just going with our podcast. So check us out, cbsports.com. Uh, Fantasy Football Today is our podcast. You can find it wherever podcasts are available. You can find us on our YouTube page, and we'll have you covered. We'll still be doing some stuff on CBS Sports HQ, and I wrote a lot of stuff already for cbsports.com. Uh, already starting to look ahead to 2024. So we have quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, top 24 rankings up uh, to give people a taste of it already. And then if you do any of these playoff challenges or DFS, you can read about that on cbsports.com as well. Great job, Jamie. Thank you, pal. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk next week. You got it. Thank you. Guys, if you're in the market for a new home, you got to make sure you get a real estate broker. You got to make sure you get a real estate broker you can trust. And that's why I got Matthew H. Mashler and Signature Real Estate Finder on Zaslow Show 2.0. That's right. If you're looking for your next dream home, maybe it's your first home. This is a very important process. If you're looking anywhere in the beautiful South Florida area, look no further than Matthew H. Mashler, your trusted real estate broker. Also, chairman and co-founder of BRCW, Boca Raton Championship Wrestling, so you know we love him. But his real passion is making sure that you find the best home for you and your family. And that's why Matthew H. Mashler and Signature Real Estate Finder are your trusted real estate broker. Maybe you're just trying to sell one of your properties. Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334, realestatefinder.com. You're looking to purchase, you're looking to sell, you've come to the right guy. Maybe you're already in the real estate business. Are you ready to take your real estate career to the next level? You can join the Signature team. The Signature real estate companies are South Florida's industry leaders, ranked number one in Boca Raton, one of the tops in the entire state of Florida, and with offices all through the state, including Delray Beach, Parkland, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Naples, Orlando, Palm Beach, a whole lot more. The signature team is where you want to be. So, whether you're buying your next dream home, Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334, you want to sell your current property, realestatefinder.com, or you're just looking to join the best in the business. Matthew H. Mashler, 561-208-3334, realestatefinder.com. Matthew H. Mashler, your pathway to exceptional real estate experiences. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So we start things off here. I mean, I, I, I love sports media stuff, all right? Most of you guys probably aren't interested in all the minutia of sports media, but I would have to imagine a lot of you guys, excuse me, if not everyone, took full notice of what happened yesterday with Stephen A. Smith and Jason Whitlock, a very serious media beef. Now, I can tell you right now, Jason Whitlock, people used to like Jason Whitlock. And when I see people, I mean like, you know, contemporaries, colleagues, people in the business, I mean, I I was introduced to, to, to Jason Whitlock one time by someone who used to be really close with him and now obviously hates him. Like, he, he's, Whitlock's been pulling a grift for a while now. And I guess everybody knows it, and he is super unpopular, but not more unpopular with anyone than Stephen A. Smith. So the background here is Stephen A. Smith came out with a book, he came out with a memoir, what's it called, um, Last last Shots and First Takes, something like that. Or, or Straight Shooter, Last Shots and First Takes, I think that's what it's called. And Whitlock has accused Stephen A. Smith of, of lying, of, li- of, of fabricating, of making up a lot of the stories that are in his memoir. 
And finally, Stephen A. couldn't hold his tongue anymore. So on the Stephen A. Show podcast, now this is not part of ESPN. He owns this. On the Stephen A. podcast, I mean, he lit in to Jason Whitlock for 40 minutes. Now, I don't have 40 minutes in my life to hear Stephen A. Smith talk about Jason Whitlock and really say all the things about Whitlock that I already know. But I did, I did read the cliff notes. I saw a few clips, and here's one of them. Ever call me about him again. I'm a very forgiving person. Not with him. I don't care what beef I had. I don't care how many of you out there that hate me, whatever form of athletes, all this stuff. Man, please, I'm sorry. Because I certainly don't hate y'all. We might have our differences from time to time, but ain't never that. This is the exception. I hate this bastard. Not even far more than a little bit. He is the worst human being any of you will ever meet. You get within a mile of his presence. Wrap your arms around yourself to protect your soul. He is Cain. He is a devil. The worst. That's all I have to say. Y'all have a nice day. Yeah, I'm going big deal because I feel like most people are completely shocked by Stephen A. Smith doing this. And and it probably is shocking because throughout the podcast, he is calling Jason Whitlock a fat bastard and a piece of shit. He really hates Jason Whitlock. And I can tell you, like, almost everyone in sports media hates Jason Whitlock. He seems to be a, a truly awful person. And like I said, he's been running a grift for a while now. This, uh, yeah, and look, there are other people out there. I don't need to name names. Like, whatever. It's not cool. It's not nice. And I I certainly personally don't have any beef, so there's no reason for me to do that. But you guys know the guys in sports media and the news media who are running a grift, and, and Whitlock's one of them. So I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday on Unsportsmanlike, on ESPN Radio, 6, 10 a.m. every morning. My colleagues, Evan Cohn, who's also my pal, Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, and yesterday they had ESPN NFL reporter Dan Graziano on the show. And Graziano uh, was asked about Aaron Rodgers. Boy, he crushes I think Aaron's, you know, sort of living down to his reputation in a lot of ways uh, as, a, as a, you know, attention-hungry you know, self-absorbed individual that, you know, you hear a lot of things about how he's been in the Jets building since he got there, and they're positive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, con artists can be very convincing. <laughs> and uh, I think if he's if he's got the Jets fooled about who he is, then that's too bad for them, and eventually they'll pay the price for it. But uh, he's obviously uh, a liar and a, a, a narcissistic con artist uh, who is bad for everything he touches and I think ultimately the Jets will pay the price. Yeah, I'm going big deal here because I mean, a liar and a con man. I'm going big deal. You never hear media people and Dan Graziano is like very respected. You never hear media people talk about players like that. But he's right. Aaron Rodgers seems he's the NBA's he's the NFL's Kyrie Irving for one. And he like you start to like Graziano is saying here you start to realize why 
all those years ago when it seemed like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's cool, he's a great player, uh, I like him. And, but why doesn't his family talk to him? You start to realize, yeah, this guy's a total asshole. And he's just, like, he's not afraid to show you what an asshole he is anymore. So I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So Eric Spolstra, he got the big extension, obviously deserved, best coach in the NBA. And on the Gojo show, Mike Golick Jr. and his father, Mike Golick, they had Charlotte Wilder on the show yesterday. I like Charlotte Wilder. You see her appearing on the Levitard show every now and then. And she spoke about Eric Spolster getting the contract extension. I don't think that there's any more of a no-brainer in sports than it's like, oh, you have Eric Spolstra, keep him. You know, and and in the eight years, he's in his 50s. He's not an he's not an old guy. He can keep doing this for a while. Um, I think too, when you're the Heat and you have such a specific way of doing things, and you have Pat Riley who has hammered home Heat culture. Um, you know, he would call guys to make sure they were at 6 a.m. Be like, are you are you home? Are you at going to the facility? Like the, there is a I don't think I fully understood the extent to which heat culture is real in terms of um, the conditioning requirements, the the body fat percentage requirements, um, the, the the intensity that these guys play with. And if you can find it, it, it's rare, I think, to find someone like Spolstra who can not only keep that going and enforce that kind of, um, that kind of culture, but also inspire guys to thrive in it. Um, I think, yes, it takes a very specific person to do well in that environment. I'm going not a big deal because everything she's saying there, like, like she's right, spot on. There's nothing controversial there. But I told you yesterday, I love Eric Spolstra getting all the love. The numbers never come out. There's a reason why it came out. I love it. Big deal or not a big deal. Finally, Joy Taylor, star of FS1 Speak on FS1. Yes, FS1 Speak on FS1. That's redundant. Joy Taylor, the star of that show and of that network. Yesterday, they get the breaking news. Nick Saban out. He's retiring. You got to scrap your show. This is the direction you have to go in. And here she is reacting to the news. I mean, it's certainly unexpected, but I'm not surprised at all. The world is different in college football now. It is. And we keep... surprised. I'm... I did not expect to hear this news today. I did not expect to be on speed talking about Nick Saban retiring. Certainly not. But, I mean, perhaps I'm just too close to college football now. It is a different world. It's not the same recruiting process. What Shady was talking about last block is real. You used to be able to walk in a room and say, I'm Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. I coach Alabama. Look at all these. Uh, you see all this? You see all this? You see these facilities? You see these these uh, these boosters? You see these fans? We are the standards. We're the standard. There's a couple other places that are cool. We them boys. We them boys. And they still are, yeah. but there are a couple other places who can walk in there too and say it. And now with NIL and the way the recruiting is, it is just different. I'm not saying that Nick Saban couldn't keep up, because obviously, as you mentioned, he's still in the mix. We're talking about whether it was time to walk away or not. But what I love about legends walking away on their own terms is they get to write the story. What's the what's the lasting memory you'll have of Nick Saban losing. in the Rose Bowl? Losing to you just made an argument he's this lost in Michigan in overtime. Okay, but you cannot always walk out with a national championship. And he knows that. 
And anyone who competes knows that. We talk about Super Bowls all the time. Why does Shady get stop talking about Super Bowls like that? Everybody can't just go to the Super I'm Bowl. Everybody can't just win deal, the Super Bowl. Why do we hold Nick Saban in the regard that we do? Because he wins world, them things. Yesterday's a crazy day where right before you go on and do a live show, I mean, this used to happen in radio, and you just got to scrap everything. But I do think it's a good th- I do think it was an excellent job out of Joy, where just off, off the cuff, she's got to talk about Saban, his career. I thought she did a good job where, you know, the, the landscape has changed with the NIL, the transfer portal. And Saban's probably like, you know, like I said earlier, Saban's probably like, I, I'm done with this. You know, like, I, I don't need to do this anymore. And I, and I do think, as opposed to Belichick, who's going to coach again? Belichick, if he doesn't win, he's going to go out looking kind of rough. Saban goes out, even though they win the national championship, he still goes out on top. And that right there is another addition, a big deal or not a big deal. Yes. All right. Excellent job by everybody involved in the show today. Great job by you guys behind the scenes putting the show together. I can't do it without all your hard work. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. I appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you on Zazlo Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.